Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hello, hello, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. We're here for another fantastic episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And we have a good friend of mine, Greg Hickman, joining us for our program today. Greg is a marketing funnel strategist and founder of Systemly, that's system.ly, a marketing automation consulting and education company working primarily with online businesses such as Entrepreneur on Fire, John Loomer, Chris Ducker, and other market leaders. Greg is a blogger, podcaster, speaker, and his work has been featured on Copyblogger, Social Media Examiner, business.com, Target Marketing Magazine, and many more. And he's also a, a fellow uh, EO Colorado uh, member. And I uh, just want to welcome you, Greg, to the program. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So one, of, well, I've got a lot of things I want to talk to you about. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I just want to start, because I think this is a really important part of your story as a as a, an agency owner and serving uh, other service professionals and consultants and things like that, is that you at one point were running, uh, trying to grow kind of a, a, an agency focused on mobile, mobile development, mobile consulting, whatever, and you had yep. to pivot. You basically realized what you were doing was not working, and mm-hmm. you had to say, you know what, I'm going to just be done with that. I'm going to go over here to this other thing that I think is uh, going to work better, which I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and agency owners are faced with is maybe mm-hmm. something they're doing, they're not getting the results that they want. And then they have this other idea. And it's, you know, do I just jump ship and go do this other idea? I mean, just take us to that that point in your business. What was happening? Why was it not working? And what were some of the indicators for you that said, hey, this this is something else that I want to do? Yeah, for sure. So, um, for one, we were selling to, uh, independent small retail companies, um, or independent retail companies, uh, coming from my background, you know, I had been doing in, in the mobile space for over a decade, like pre iPhone, 
uh, and did a lot of, had seen a lot of stuff go on in the mobile space. So like spent a lot of my time becoming, you know, quote unquote, an expert in that arena. And uh, my last like full-time job before I kind of went full-time on my own into the mobile consulting and, and all that stuff was with a large retailer. And I just always saw mobile being really effective in retail. So I was like, all right, well, like I'm going to take what we've been implementing at, at like a national international retailer and bring that to the small business world. And, you know, I had some, had some quick wins in the beginning through relationships and stuff like that, but it got to the point where, you know, one independent small retail companies don't have big budgets, especially for what many will probably put at that time. Mobile was in like, kind of like the innovation budget <laughs> um, and <laughs> kind of the, the so not proven space. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the, the long story, like the big takeaway, which took me a while to get there. And like, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to like get to share this with people because I know it's happening to others is I was so in love with mobile as a solution mm. and like what it could do for businesses and, and how it could help them like better engage with customers and drive sales. And the problem with that was that these people that I was, you know, trying to sell, you know, the head of marketing or whatever, very small marketing teams for these retail companies, they didn't think they had a problem. And so I'd have to like talk to them long enough to the point where like, I'm like, it's almost not like I'm pulling a problem out of thin air that like, I mean, I'm making them realize they have some problems, but then I need to educate them on mobile because they don't really get it then I need to connect the gap between the problem and mobile as a solution. And that just turned into like a really, really long sales cycle. And, you know, so many times the conversation just ended in that, like, you know, we still haven't gotten email working yet. And you know, <laughs> like email had been around for obviously a long time. This is like not many years ago at this point. Um, and I just, I just couldn't get past, I think it was like between like seven and 12 K a month in recurring revenue. Like I just couldn't get past it. Mm. And, you know, I'd have ongoing, like my follow-up was so ninja, like just following up with businesses for like years. You, you were, you were trying, trying to, to create, uh, I always tell people you, you were trying to create believers. You were trying to get somebody from yeah. being a non-believer to a believer, which if you think about what, some of the the greatest religions have had to go through to get yeah. a person from a you know I don't believe mobile is relevant for me to mm -hmm. I you know mobile is critical and I'm going to invest in that I mean that's basically you're you're trying to convert them into somebody who who is a believer versus maybe they already understand the problem and how it affects them and and they're already trying 100%. to spend money on trying to solve this problem like I always tell people like when you're trying to sell somebody a website. I know it sounds really enticing to go after people that don't have websites, but a lot of times those are going to be the worst possible clients because <laughs> they aren't, they don't believe it yet. They're not invested in it at all. They don't think it's important. They're not putting any money there versus going after people that have um, invest a ton of money and are maybe not getting what they want, but uh, you were effectively to trying to totally. convert believers. So that's cool. Yeah. And you know, so I'm doing that and uh, I, at, this, at the same time, I, I was doing a podcast called Zero to Scale with uh, a co-host of mine, and we were chronicling the journey of that particular business and his business trying to get from zero to 20K a month. And 
Um, you know, so there's a handful of episodes, you know, if people go back, it's not, the show is not live anymore, but like, if you start from episode zero, you'll like hear a lot of these struggles and, you know, somewhere around like episode, you know, 40 or 50, uh, you know, I've been kind of up against the wall enough times that my co-host was like, well, you know, just out of curiosity, what would you do if you were to start something different? And I was like, Oh man, like the thought at that time, the thought of abandoning like the last decade, of <laughs> you got all the sunk costs. You got, you, you're yeah, like, so, yeah. <laughs> so many people were like, Greg, he's the mobile guy. I'm like, I want to be the mobile guy. <laughs> um, you know, so I didn't know. And, you know, I had actually at this also around that same time had gone and gotten certified in Infusionsoft because I was using Infusionsoft and I was leveraging some of their automation. Um, and there were some mobile tools that came out that integrated with Infusionsoft. And I kind of saw it. I'm like, well, one, I'm either going to become really good at Infusionsoft or two, like I'm going to be able to tap into Infusionsoft plus mobile and have like a unique angle. And so, you know, that was kind of what drove me to get certified. But when I came back from getting certified in Infusionsoft, which is a marketing automation tool for those that don't know, uh, a bunch of people in my, in like the online world, online entrepreneurial space, you know, coaches, speakers, yeah, we, whatever. Yeah, we use Infusionsoft. So anybody that's yeah, gotten yeah. an email about listening to this podcast, then, you know, that's, right. uh, that's what we use in the back end. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, people heard that I was doing that and they're like, Hey, like, can you help me? And you know, originally I was like, you know, I'm not trying to do that. And then I heard it enough times where I like had to make a decision. I'm like, okay, like enough people are asking me for help. Like, even if I were to charge like a thousand bucks to the people that had asked me and they said, yes, like I'd be right where I'm at now <laughs> with the mobile <laughs> business. So I was like, Hmm, this got me thinking. So then my co-host challenged me. He said, you know what? Um, why don't you, kind of make a commitment to try to get X customers doing something Infusionsoft related over the next 30 days. And if you hit that number, uh, then you can give yourself permission to think about that transition more. Like, don't worry about transitioning everything you've done right now. Like, just focus on getting however many customers you feel confident. So he's like, how many? And I was like, you know what, in the next 30 days, three. And so, you know, the challenge was set and then <laughs> the journey on the show, like you hear me, like, like literally it happened so fast. Like, I think it was the next episode or two episodes later. I was like, well, it's been six days. I have seven customers that's <laughs> real. <laughs> and like, I think I'm gonna just go all in on this. And, and that was the beginning of like, um, you know, that, that happened around late August, early September in the year. And so I basically went out to all my existing mobile clients, um, and basically ended the, got through the end of the year. I was like, we can support you through the end of the year, but like around this time, we're going to start transitioning. Um, and that was pretty much the plan. And I just went all in, like I didn't sell any more mobile. I ended up selling my website, which at the time had like a pretty good blog on the topic of mobile and a podcast. Um, I didn't make a tons of money on it, but like I sold it to a company that was in the mobile space, a mobile messaging company and, you know, went on my merry way going down the, the marketing automation and funnel route, which obviously the business has changed dramatically since then too. But I'd say the biggest challenge was, or the, actually the biggest obstacle was like me just getting over the fact that I'm like walking away from the last decade of <laughs> mobile guy. 
Yeah. And I feel there's, at least for myself, there's this kind of inner people pleaser of even just letting down maybe those existing clients you had or what are they going to say? What are they going to think? What are, you know, who, who were the people in your life that you were a little bit unsure if this was the right decision for maybe that were holding you back from, from going all in? Was it, was it really just a matter of getting a little bit of success that gave you enough confidence or were there people that you thought that you were letting down or having to kind of, you know, let go of? It, it was more, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was more probably like letting myself felt like I was letting myself down and like, you know, all this time building this thing, like in an industry that I know is still growing. Um, like, am I just tapping out too soon? Like I knew I was in early, but like, did I, did I want to just admit that I could be more successful somewhere else? And, um, you know, really what it ended up coming down to was like, all right, like the new thing was building, building momentum. We were generating, I was generating more money in less time. Sales calls were easier. People were being fulfilled by what we were doing. It wasn't as confusing to sell. And I literally just asked myself, Mike, which do you care about more building a real scalable business and, or being the mobile guy, like, and struggling. And that like, (laughs) I should have asked that question a whole lot sooner. But like, it took me a lot of like inner dialogue and debate to get Mm. to like asking myself that question. And I was like, I want to be able to build like a real business. And like, this thing is already proven to be more successful than, you know, all the time I've put into this other thing. So like, go all in. Yeah. It kind of, it reminds me like, I mean, for my, my personal story, we worked with a, a technology with our agency called Business Catalyst and we have a, a website. We still manage to this day. It's just, um, at some point it was clear that this wasn't a huge growth area for us and it wasn't fulfilling me or, you know, but I was the BC guy, right? You were the mobile guy. I was like the BC guy and I was, you know, probably the, the, the top um, thought leader in that space. And it was, and I'm just, I'm bringing this up because I feel like the, the emotional transition from this kind of sunk cost, letting go of the sunk cost you put into something, it was so stressful for me to say, okay, I need to let this go and I need to find the next thing that I'm going to do. And, and, and when I say let this go, we just put a team in place that that took that over and then kind of like what you did, you sold your, your mobile property. We, we have a, you know, we still run it. It's just for me personally, I wasn't investing my 40 hours a week into that anymore. And I literally... I was at this um, this entrepreneur retreat, and it was like this beach ceremony. They they uh, they had us this guy there, Philip McKernan, and he wanted us all to kind of like literally have this little uh, this this paper boat and put it in the water with like a candle and we had to write something on this paper boat and we had to like let it go and set it out to sea and i remember thinking at the time i should have something so grand that i'm letting go like i'm letting go of fear i'm letting go of doubt or you know something and all i kept coming back to was like bc 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 like it's not that it's not a great technology a great tool or that there's not a lot of great opportunity there it's just for me personally like there was no more potential growth and it was it was causing me a lot of stress and I remember I had to literally write down like BC on this little boat and I I put it out to the ocean and had to let let it go right and it's it's something that's it sounds kind of cheesy but at the same time I think probably every single person listening to this show right now has something that they're holding on to really tight you know maybe it's uh, a client that no longer 
works for them anymore. It's a relationship that, you know, they're maybe not making enough money on or, you know, they're not getting what they want out of it. Maybe it's a market. Maybe it's a business partner. Maybe it's a technology, a platform. You know, maybe there's something that I think everybody in their business at some time is holding on to. And I think you were fortunate and you kind of said this, you're lucky enough to um, go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to go over here and do this other thing. And you got that success um, so quickly. And that's just, I don't, I don't think that happens for everybody. I think some people mm. just keep on holding on to that sunk cost. Like, oh, I've invested 10 years in being the mobile guy. I'm just going to keep, you know, keep going. Well, and I think that's actually going to be a good transition into like some of the stuff we're talking about. But I, I do want to call out one thing, you know, the, the little boat thing, you know, and I don't, and I'm just throwing this out there because I'm, I don't want to derail, but I also would actually love to hear your thought. Like as the folks listening to the show, right? Like most of you have started your own business in, in a lot of cases. And like the one thing that I did not ever think would happen in starting my own business was like how much of a junkie I would become in like self productivity, self development, and like all that stuff that like sounds so woo that I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I would never do that. And like some of those things, like my morning routine and ritual, like is so dialed, like that if I don't do it, like irregardless, I have a bad day. And if I were to say that to myself, like if I were to say like, no, say that like to my old self, I'd be like, really, you do that in the morning? Like you're such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's so like, I, this is so woo, like woo woo, but it actually works. And thankfully like continues to help recalibrate me every single morning because you know, those funny memes and diagrams of like what entrepreneurship really looks like of like one minute you're like, hell yeah. And then the next one is like, I want to kill myself. And like the next one's like, I'm, I'm living the dream. And then like five minutes later, you know, you're down in the dumps and it's like, I don't know. Do you feel like you've had to like tap into some of that stuff? Well, I mean, I think what you've Maybe brought up. Really it, yeah, no, is, um, I mean, specifically, for example, I mean, routine and or ritual. So when we think about, uh, and this is something I learned from uh, Yannick Silver, who's a, a very well-known kind of internet marketer, entrepreneur, uh, and he really taught me the power of ritual in your life and in your business. And the funny thing is, even though that little boat ceremony was uh, a little bit out there, right? Like we're all sitting on this beach, it's night, and there's all these little green candles going out into the ocean. We're in Aruba, right? So it wasn't, a, it's like, all right, whatever, we're in Aruba, like what, I'll, I'll, I'll do this thing, right? But then for me, what's happened is as opportunities have come up to try to pull me back into a space that uh, is very comfortable, right? That space, me being like the thought leader in that space and, you know, just like you, the mobile space, right? it's super comfortable because it's familiar and you spent a decade there. I, I can't remember how many years I was in the BC space because now it's been 10 years. Um, you know, it is really comfortable, but then I'm always like, my mind immediately goes back to this ritual and it says, hey, you know what, you, you, you sent that away. What are you doing? You know, I mean, almost think about if for other people that probably can relate to a ritual they might've already experienced, it's like, you know, some people get married and they have a ritual to get married. Right. And so when you're thinking about why your marriage is so important, I think for a lot of people, it stands out in your life because you did have a ritual that kind of initiated it. It made it different than any other relationship that you have. And so I think that power of ritual is important, whether you're uh, sending something off, letting, having a letting go ceremony, uh, and, and here's, dude, I've done this so many times, and this is, there, there's so many ways that you can bring ritual 
uh, into your business and life from that personal development standpoint. And a little bit of it is like woo-woo, but again, it's you're trying to reprogram your mind, right? So at mm-hmm. some levels, there's no there's no keyboard for your brain, right? So these rituals can be a way for you to kind of tap into that. Uh, and I remember I was at this event and. Um, one of the speakers talked about how she had all this terrible stuff happen to her and she just decided one day, she's like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, when I step across this line, it was a line on the sidewalk. When I step across this line, I'm just done with that stuff. I'm just done. And she sat there for like hours, just like staring at the sidewalk in the front, in her front yard. I'm sure, you know, if, if entrepreneurs are already looked at as kind of crazy, I'm sure she looked really crazy, right? Just staring at the ground. And finally she stepped across it. And it was like, and, and for her, you know, she talked about that being one of the biggest transformation moments for her. So I, you know, I remember when I was, I listened to that talk and later on that night I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? Like, I gotta like, I gotta let go of this like small game stuff. I need to start playing in a bigger game. So when I crossed this line and for me at the time, it was, I need to have the hard conversations. There was something in my life. I was like, you know what? I, when I cross this line, I'm going to commit to always having the hard conversations so I can play at a bigger game. And so, you know, I found my line and I, you know, I crossed it and I had my little ritual and it's in that memory is burned into my brain. I mean, there was so many other moments at that event. There's so many other moments, um, you know, around when I was in Aruba or whatever, but for some reason, those things, when we create those rituals, they stand out in our brain. And they mean something. All of a sudden, you took a moment that didn't mean anything, and it turns into a moment that meant something. And so, yeah, I'm I'm way into the power of ritual. I mean, I could go kind of on, but I think that's what you're talking about, like routine. Yeah. And and you know, one other thing that we do here at You Gurus, whenever somebody uh, we have an enrollment, which or somebody enrolls in our boot camp program or or one of our programs, we always ring the gong, right? And then mm-hmm. and then that's become like everybody in our community has gotten into that. So like people in our community now have gongs and they have like, when they have a victory, like they ring that thing. And all of a sudden this kind of silly little uh, habit becomes a really important part of somebody's ritual where I think my hypothesis is that some people enjoy ringing their gong more than they do depositing their checks. But you know, it's just a hypothesis (laughs) at this point. But um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot, a lot of stuff there. I love it. (laughs) So let's, Let's shift a little bit. I want to talk about, so you got into automation. You got mm-hmm. into kind of some of the, 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 good, the good marketing voodoo out there, and that was of interest to you, and you saw a place for you to uh, deliver value um, in that space. Now, how have you, so you have these new services that are, that are um, in demand from your customers, did you just set up a traditional agency? Like, hey, you guys can hire us, do X amount of work for X amount of hours. How did you make that transition into a new territory? And what are some of the things that you've done to bring scale into uh, into this new business? Yeah, so, you know, in the in those early days, those, um, I think it was like six, six customers in seven days or the other way around. And um, I didn't know what it would look like to fulfill on any of this stuff, let alone like what, like, yes, they had trouble with Infusionsoft at the time. And like, that could mean so many different things, blah, blah, blah. So basically I got on the phone with these people and each of those seven people, I essentially sold the same thing, but at different price points, a couple were like very slight variations. Cause I wanted to see like, what would people spend, um, originally I thought we were going to become, and my goal was to become like, for those that have heard of it, like the WP curve of Infusionsoft, which, you know, WP curve was like a unlimited WordPress support for like 99 bucks a month or something. Mm. Um, 
And I was really convinced I was going to build that because like, I was all into like, I don't want to create an agency. Like I want something that's scalable. And I had read built to sell and, you know, like I can't do all this bespoke stuff and like have this huge menu. I need to have a very productized offering. And so I essentially for the first year really was like, there were three tiers based on certain types of support um, and certain types of tasks for Infusionsoft. And I am ashamed to say that, you know, some were at $200 a month and some were even at 500 for a little bit um, before I really started like raising my rates and figuring out that, oh my God, this is not a good idea. Because um, for anyone that knows Infusionsoft, like there's really not a lot you can solve in 30 minutes. <laughs> well, and not just that, but know. you know, yeah. the, the talent pool for people that, cause I, I always, I mean, just, just for our, our audience, if you don't know anything about Infusionsoft is an automation tool. Um, but it's it, most of what is inside of Infusionsoft is not as simple as let's say if you're a managed WordPress shop or whatever, and you're like, Oh, you want to add a page or a blog post or, you know, make this tweak to your CSS. Uh, you know, the updates in Infusionsoft, I mean, it's, it's like, Hey, can you build me a campaign to increase my webinar conversions by three? <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. that's not a, that's not a, a 20 minute fix. That's like a six day problem. Exactly. So, um, basically we, um, you know, I was very, uh, much against doing the whole like charging blocks of hours. That was actually part of our sales pitch. Um, because everyone I talked to in this process, they had pain from, um, having to pay people blocks of time to do the work and they never really knew how many hours it would take. So like they're trying to manage a budget and then, you know, the task that they request, requires them to make another investment to add another bucket of hours. And like now they're outside their budget. And like, I didn't like that either. Cause I've, I had had it happen to me early on, like before I was certified in Infusionsoft. So I was like, I'm going to go against that and like say, you know, it's like unlimited, you know, and there was other, there was constraints, you know, to some degree, which were not very, uh, expectations there were not set very well. Um, so very quickly, you know, one, we raised rates. Um, and, but the nice thing about it was, is that we, all the clients we got, uh, many of which when we did raise our rates, they would go with us. Um, but it was all recurring revenue. Now the first few, um, you know, how the whole relationship started was what, will you commit to at least three months so I can support you? You can give me feedback. I definitely pitched it as a beta for like the first 10 Um, but those first 10 lasted almost two years, you know, and many of which increased rates as well. Some, a couple of them had legacy because they weren't really super busy, but, um, you know, the stability of the recurring revenue was really critical for us to, to get going. Um, and, you know, looking back, I probably wouldn't have done it any differently. Uh, but there was a stage where we introduced, Um, again, like I didn't want to be, and I don't know how you define agency, but like I come from agency where like we did everything Mm. and like big agencies, small agencies and everything was custom. So like I didn't want to be that. So like I actually very much tried to not associate myself with the word agency. And I just pitched us as like a service provider, sort of like, you know, a productized service as well. Cause like that term was being thrown around a lot at the time. 
So we created packages um, that we like, we looked at, you know, what are the services that we're doing the most? Um, let's create packages so that we can sell these as one-offs because one of the complaints that we got was, well, like, I don't know what sort of recurring work I need right now. I just need this one thing. And, you know, for a very long time, we turned that down because I didn't want to break the systems that we were creating on the back end to fulfill on the recurring side. So, uh, you know, we turned down a lot of business and then we decided to create these packages, you know, packages like, you know, an evergreen webinar funnel, um, a live webinar launch. If people are familiar with uh, Jeff Walker, he had this thing called the product launch formula, which is like a four part video series like that. Like that was a package. So like all the things that we found ourselves building a lot anyway, we just turned into packages that had a fixed price with a fixed turnaround time. And there was some wiggle room in there for some customization, but like it was pretty templatized. And when we started adding that, that's when things started really picking up. Um, at least like we were, we were able to grow faster because instead of people paying us like a thousand, 2000 bucks a month, like we'd get, you know, 7,500 cash up front and it'd be like, all right, sweet. Now we have cash flow to start reinvesting in some of these things, which, you know, again, I realized in a lot of cases I was be, I kept being told that we're still too cheap. Um, and <laughs> by, by your customers or by peers? Um, both. <laughs> you know, um, your customers tell you you're not charging enough that they're like, just so you know, you're not charging enough, but don't change my price. Yeah. Yeah. Actually it all changed for me when one of my clients came to me is like, I know that you're the person that we need to work with, but like, I'm looking at your pricing page and I need something higher than your highest package. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. And so like I, I created a new package that was higher and then everything else raised from that point on. Mm. And, you know, it was a blessing and, um, but like everything was still pretty packaged and, you know, we would get some variation and some customizations within the package, but like, you know, a, a webinar funnels, a webinar funnels, a webinar funnel. And like, whether you add a couple emails or remove a couple, like this, it didn't really change much from our fulfillment perspective. Now I keep kept alluding to the fact that we weren't an agency and part of the, the part of the reason why we didn't even go more down that path was because of the type of people that we were attracting mainly really actually all through referrals um, were like a lot of thought leaders, experts creating courses, online training, and like they wrote their own copy. They either had, they, they use like lead pages or, you know, these out of the box tools and we didn't need to do any design. If, if they, if they wanted custom design, they already had a designer. And so like, we never had to do paid traffic. We never had to do copy and we never had to do design, which were like the three things that would have been common, like no brainer additions to our service. If I wanted to go into quote unquote agency land, um, but I really didn't want to do that because I knew that that would break us. And we just kept getting people that like, it was usually an edge case when they asked for those things. And I always had a referral for those things also. So like, I just kept referring out the ad management. I referred out like landing page creation if like they needed a designer. And like, that was great because I got kickbacks and I didn't have to take on the work, but I still got to work with them in the capacity that we wanted to work with them in, which was the funnel and the, the automation side. So, um, we did that for a long time. Um, that would roll people into our monthly recurring, which at some point I forget when did turn into, um, a, like, 
blocks of hours, mainly because I did the numbers and we were losing money on like most of our clients when it came to like how much money, how much time we were spending with them. So we revamped and in that revamp, which was probably the scariest time in the business, we lost a handful of clients, but a handful of them stayed. And, you know, revenue really stayed kind of in the same place because the ones that stayed paid more and the ones that left, you know, didn't bleed. They were bleeding us dry anyway. So, um, that was like, as much as I didn't want to do it, like it was the only way that we were really able to like truly help set boundaries with our clients that allowed us to charge more and like charge what we were worth. And we still have a couple of those clients today. Um, but we've also evolved out of that as well. And now we have like our core offer is like a done with you, um, kind of call it consulting implementation program. Maybe, I don't know actually what your bootcamp is, but it's like an, ours is like an eight week experience where we're helping build out something very specific for a very specific type of person. Um, and then on the back end, we can sell other things, but like that's become our core, core offer. Yeah. Very cool. I think evolution (laughs) and a lot of, you know, it's funny too, because you brought up, um, uh, you know, your, how your recurring revenue model shifted and changed over time that it became, it went from being kind of your front end, Hey, this is how we work together on just this ongoing recurring package to, uh, something more around a little bit higher ticket up front. And then, using a recurring as more of a support and maintenance type thing, which I think is, I mean, we have a program called the recurring revenue masterclass, but and we do a lot of work around that, but it's so funny. I see so much resistance around, um, you know, kind of a hybrid model. A lot of people just want recurring from the get go. They want, you know, Oh, just pay me three grand a month. But then there's always this upfront, whether you're in your case, you're providing a very specific end result around Infusionsoft or webinars with your upfront. But you know, there's always this upfront thing. And I've talked to yeah. so many companies who are like, oh, well, we'll just, we'll just lose in the first three months. And I'm like, ah, why don't you just come up with like, like prioritize your offering on the front end and then use the recurring on the back end for, you know, optimization or, or support or maintenance. So I think you guys yeah, have, do you teach like the, <clears throat> you teach like the foot in the door offer, or like the onboarding plan or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we definitely use um, we use some uh, some things like that for sure that we we kind of walk folks through paid um, discovery, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. So paid discovery. Yeah, we tried a couple of those things, and like we did like the hey, we'll map out your funnel first, and that'll be a fee. And if you want us to implement it, you know, there's an additional fee, and we can quote that for you. But like, we'll give you the blueprint, but we need to like have a kickoff call and map it out for you, and it's going to take a little bit of back and forth. We did that for a little bit. Um, and I sold it when I needed to, but not everybody needed it. So it was just kind of weird that yeah, way. I think, I think discovery and pay discovery in particular works really well when your client is uh, not necessarily sure what the problem is and they're not really even sure what the solution is. They just have they have pain, they have symptoms, and they're not really sure what the core issue is and they're not 100% sure what the solution is. Now, if I come to you and yeah. I say, I want a webinar funnel you know, for you to go in and do paid discovery at that point, you know, you're, you're really right. just doing a paid blueprint versus actually discovery of, well, you know, is, is a webinar funnel even right for you? I mean, that would be, if, if somebody came to me and said, is a webinar funnel right for me or do I need to do some type of a, a, a lead magnet thing or should I be doing an outbound campaign on LinkedIn? Should I be going to conferences as a keynote speaker? Like that would be for me, like consultative discovery. Like you don't know, you don't know what your problem is. You don't have a finished 
benefit that you're looking for yet. So we need to do discovery to figure that out, do research and, and totally. work with you through what's right. Yeah. And I think I always avoided that because I was always like on the side of that's going to turn me into more of an agency. I see the resistance. Offer you all know, these services. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, what I what I think you know just kind of my critique of you, Greg, and then we're going to get into our lightning round um, is is I, I wouldn't so much <laughs> the agency term I think is is interesting. I mean it, it is what it is. I mean you asked me kind of how we define that, and um, I think that uh, you know if you're a collection of people providing some kind of service, I mean you pretty much fall into that agency bucket. I think yeah. there's a lot of different ways that you can define that, but what we advocate through bootcamp and a lot of our material is how to get focused on a customer segment and adopt specialization because what there, there's a lot of benefits to that. First, I mean, your marketing or what, what kind of marketing activities you engage in, where you engage in those marketing activities, the messaging you use, a lot of that becomes a lot easier when you have specialization and you have a specific customer segment that you're focused on. Um, but the thing that you've highlighted on this interview that I don't get to talk too much about with people because they're so focused on specialization as being the solution to lead gen is how specialization actually affects your entire business. So everybody's like, oh, I'd love recurring revenue. I'd love productized services. Well, the reality is if you want a very specific menu like Greg has, if you want just here's my one offer, you know, you can't take that to every business. Like You have to have such a, a good understanding of your market. You have to have a really good understanding of the problems that they're, uh, that they're going through. When I say good, I mean like when you write your you messaging, your customer should start to confuse themselves whether they're reading your text or whether they're actually having thoughts in their head. Like they're like, you know, if they're, if they're sitting there reading your stuff and they're going, wait a minute, is Greg inside of my head? Did he just watch what I'm doing right now? Is he, you know, is he literally watching me right now? Does he have a camera? Like when your marketing is like that, you know, then you get to benefit from productized services. Then you can go yeah. to be like Greg and have one core offer that you're taking to the market. And I think that's the piece that people a lot of times try to create that one offer. Like here, I'm going to have a, you know, two or three levels that you can go engage with our agency on. But then the issue is that they're appealing to such a huge spectrum of different types of clients with different types of problems that what happens is of course you have that menu and then you know you're in your first client meeting and they say well that doesn't really work for us can we do this other thing you're like okay well maybe and then the second meeting well that doesn't really work for us and then you know everybody's trying to go off menu and whenever you know that that's always a good sign like if everybody's trying to go off menu then your specialization your market segment is is the problem not necessarily your clients right so yeah. Well, and I think, you know, to that point is like, you know, at least in the people that we work with, there's so much talk and hype around like, oh yeah, like I need more traffic. I need more leads. I got to get my paid traffic, Facebook ad, like acquisition going. And one of the first things I ask, I'm like, okay, cool. Like we get your ads dialed in sweet. You're generating more leads. If you were to go from 10 clients a month to 50 clients a month in the next 30 days, will your business break? And they're like, Yes. All the time, all the time. <laughs> like, scale is not just about scaling front end. It's about scaling back end too. And like, there are ways, whether it's productization, but like system, uh, systemizing and structuring using people and process to fulfill on what you just sold is, I would say, equally, if not more important for scale than what you do on the front end, because you can generate leads all day, but if you can't fulfill on them, or if you try to, like this, I think could be the killer of many service businesses too, because, and it was almost the killer of us was 
we got really good at acquiring new clients, but we weren't able to service all of them effectively, which made them want to leave, tell other people. And you know, that was mm. not good. And so you need to focus on, and this is why the, the cust I'm, I've always ha like hated having this <laughs> is because it's like, you can't create a system for something that is always changing. And so like, that's why I always kind of leaned in and like embrace this productized consulting productized service angle, uh, because it was just always inherently more scalable to fulfill. And because of that, like, I think what, what gets overlooked is the more you, the more you go custom, and this is maybe my opinion and my experience, but like the higher caliber of people you need to have on your team, which means they're probably gonna be more expensive because like they need to be good at potentially a lot of different things, which, you know, those people are unicorns and those people are expensive. <laughs> Whereas like, if you have a pretty dialed in process procedure and you really just need okay bodies and this sounds horrible, but like to follow a procedure, like you don't need the best talent in the world to scale because they're, they're just following a process that no matter who follows it, the end result will be exactly the same. And does that mean you might have to re reorganize exactly what you deliver and what you can deliver? Most times, yes. But like, is that an okay sacrifice for the long-term scalability of the business? I would argue that probably more often than not, it, it's always going to be worth it. Awesome. Lots of nuggets there. Boom. Greg, are you ready for, uh, yeah, mic drop. Um, are you ready for lightning round? I think so. All right. <laughs> uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, man. Actually, the one thing I normally say, I'm not going to say because there's something new that I just heard that I've been embracing. And actually, I think I talked about this with you previously. And it is, there is now more than ever, sequencing is important. If you solve the right problems in the wrong order, you're going to kill your business. But if you solve the right problems in the right order, you're going to achieve your result. I'm going to have to uh, write that one down and and, uh, and uh, think about that a little bit just in yeah. in, in how uh, where we're sequencing things right now. It's good. Yeah. I mean, like, think about like a recipe, right? Like you can't make a recipe backwards. Like it yeah. just doesn't work, right? Like <laughs> think about how and you've heard, we've all heard my, it. My, my wife and... experiences that every time she decides uh, not to make dinner and I have yeah. to make dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we've all heard it, right? Like you talk to a business owner and they're like, oh, like I'm not ready to move forward. Like I need to get business cards and like all the things that are not important, like for them to like, like, they're like I want to make more money. I need to work on my business cards. Like <laughs> that's if, if your problem is more money, business cards is not going to get you there. Right. And so like there's yes, is having a business card important at some point in the whole cycle? Probably. Uh, I'd still argue probably not, but like, there's a sequence and an order in which things should be done and you you need to follow you need to solve them in the right order awesome uh which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success oh man um i would say my ability to like very quickly build relationships it's great. Can you share an internet resource or tool, something like Evernote uh, that you use uh, daily or that you find useful for your business? 
Yes. Um, I used it on our recent webinar together. Um, on my iPad Pro, I use the paper app and I'm always drawing diagrams and stuff as a part of my my training and my teaching. It's just such a great way to help people grasp concepts. It's awesome. I we did we all experienced that everybody in the in our in our mastermind was like, Oh, I gotta get an iPad Pro now. I think I think you just cost <laughs> like I don't know how much this thing costs, but I think you just cost our whole community a few thousand dollars when everybody had to go out and buy iPad <laughs> Pros. Um, what book would you recommend and why? Psycho-Cybernetics. <laughs> okay. Have I have not heard of it. I have not read it. Oh, okay. Uh, back to our original woo, woo tangent. Um, so Psycho-Cybernetics, I believe, was written in 65 or something like that. I'd have to grab it. But it's they, well, many people consider it the Bible for self-help. Like, mm. like you read, like if you read Tony Robbins or like, um, you know, uh, uh, Dyer, all those, like so much of it is rooted in what's discussed in psycho cybernetics. Um, it's a lot about self visualization, um, actually written by a plastic surgeon that realized that even though he was like helping people reshape their face from an accident or something like that, that they still didn't become like they didn't get back to normal because they had self image problems. And so he went and got his PhD in psychology and then started treating patients both psychologically and through plastic surgery. And he has like all of these like actionable principles that you're like, you can put into practice into your daily routine, which are part of my morning formula and uh, have really been paramount for like me, like staying sane, but psycho cybernetics, phenomenal book. Very nice. I uh, literally, I don't usually do this, but while you were while you were talking, I uh, I just I just put a hold on that at the library. It's it's coming to my local library, and I'm I'm gonna read that book. I did not know people still use the library. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, you know, I I read a lot, and I and this is totally side thing, but I uh, I I was you know I wasn't spending a lot of money on books. I mean, like comparative to my other expenses, but you know, like. Hundred, I mean, even you count audiobooks and like Audible subscription. I mean, a hundred bucks um, a month, maybe on various books and stuff. So like, easy. and I, um, I read a blog post. It was just like, why do people do that when they all this stuff is available for free? You just have to like learn the tools. And here's the crazy thing: there's an app. This is totally side note, but at least in, <laughs> if you live in Denver, the app is called Libby, and all you need is a um, a library card. And you can search on there, right? And you can find a book and you can check it out and it just sends it to your Kindle and you read it like a normal Kindle book. And then, you know, when you're done, you just, you know, give it back. And literally, like, you don't have to buy Kindle books anymore because it's all oh books God. that are owned by the Denver that. Library. And then if they don't have it on Kindle, uh, Libby obviously won't work for that. But if they don't have it on Kindle, you just go to the Denver Library, like, mobile website, type it in and, like, you know, your info is saved or whatever and... You just do place hold, and then they send it to your library, which mines down the street. So, like, maybe it'll be a week, maybe it'll be two weeks, three weeks, whatever. But sometime I'm going to get an email that's like, hey, you know, Psycho-Cybernetics is sitting two blocks from your house. Like, just go pick it up, right? And Interesting. Yeah, I literally had, like, six books show up in my yeah. house like, days ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I used to get the Amazon packages, like, all the time, like, new books. That, that and, and then here's the best part is if you do, if it ends up being, like, part of your good intentions pile that you don't get to, you know, you just, like, simply bring it back. And, and it's, like, it's like you know, you don't, you're not, like, out 20 bucks for some hardback that you never end up reading. So, yeah, yeah. Anyways. I just love, I, yeah. 
love it. <laughs> How can our audience uh, find out more about what you and do you have anything that uh, that they can check out? Yeah. Um, so our website system.ly, like you said, um, I share a lot of content in our free Facebook group. It's called No Leads Left Behind. Um, there's about 1500 entrepreneurs in there, business owners. Um, and I just kind of share a lot of lessons and stuff like that. We do a lot of Facebook lives. Those are probably the two, two best places to find me. Excellent. So we'll link, uh, to both, obviously your website. We'll also link out to that Facebook group, uh, in our show notes. And, uh, Greg, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. This has been a lot of fun. Um, just really fantastic guest for our program. And I hope our listeners have taken lots of notes or have things churning around in their heads that they're thinking about implementing for their businesses. And uh, yeah, it's been great to have you on the program. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I had a good, great time. All right, guys, that is it for this week's episode of the digital agency show. Uh, tune in next week for more great content from digital agency owners and entrepreneurs doing amazing things in the digital space. Uh, I'm your host, Brent Weaver until then. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 